Hey guys, welcome back to It's Now or Never. This is episode 10, part 3, my story. So, oh my god, guys, it has been so incredibly long. I, it's been like two months, okay? Let's just forget about that part. I'm going to be completely honest, college has been kicking my ass lately. I work 20 hours a week plus whatever and then I have 19 hours of school and 20 billion other things I do on the side and I guys it takes so much emotional energy to be able to sit here and like record this for you guys I mean I really try to pour authenticity and everything I possibly have into these episodes so it takes a lot of emotional energy just because I want to give everything to you guys I want to give you guys the whole story of everything so I've really been holding off on recording an episode because I haven't had that energy in me and I don't want to send out some half-baked episode to you guys because I really do care I care about the quality that I'm giving you guys and what you guys are listening to because I also know there's a lot of people that are looking at my story and looking up to me so I don't want to put out half of myself or a low energy piece of myself so I'm just gonna be real college has been hard college sucks college is tough um that's that I just a little update I have been working my new job with the universities. I absolutely love it. I get to work with my best friend, Austin. We have so much fun and I love my boss. I love everyone I work for. It's such an amazing team. So that is amazing that I get to do something I love every day. Um, School-wise, oh my God, it's been crazy. 19 hours, like I said, it's been kicking my butt and I also have decided I'm going to study abroad next fall. I was going to do it this spring, but it was a little rushed, so we'll be there next fall. I am going to the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, so I'm super pumped. We're going to be like a European girly. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, Besides that, I am in my new apartment. Oh my god, you can kind of see it in the background. Um, So here we are. I'm so excited and let's just get rocking and rolling. So why I am recording this episode is because, because I know I talked about how every 10 episodes, so like 10, 20, 30 was going to be a QA. and um, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I feel like this was a greater priority than that, um, which is part three. So this, I think is going to be the final part of just sharing my story now this isn't over it's ongoing um with my case i actually was informed a few weeks ago that there were seven new co-conspirators arrested so that means there are now eight um men on trial for my case so it's a lot the first plea hearing is in the middle of this month so just in a couple weeks um it's gonna be a lot it's it's gonna be a lot so stay tuned for that so I guess let's get rocking and rolling I really just I know I kind of touched on my story in the recent two episodes but I have had a lot of family and friends coming to me and telling me this isn't everything like I am scratching the surface with you guys and I don't even realize it I feel like I've been sharing this story over and over and I'm like broken record so there's things I'm skipping over and there's things I'm not like going into depth enough with that I think are very valuable things that there are a lot of girls out there that really need to hear and I know there's also other people listening to this that go to my school that know me and you're listening to this because you want to know the full story whatever um welcome so yeah if you guys ever want to reach out to me have any questions please do ask me any questions you have give me comments whatever I would love to hear all of them so we're just gonna start all the way back on day one of is in March of 2021 wow this is it was a long time ago very long time ago 
So I had gotten a message from Team Snapchat. So I thought it was a text message um, that I had all my social media set to two-factor authentication, which I 100% recommend to anybody and everybody. If you don't do anything else, like listen to this and do this. Set every single social media, every important account of yours, set it to two-factor authentication if you can, okay? So what happened is I was sent a code to my phone number. And so I thought somebody was logging into my Snapchat. Somebody was trying to log in. I didn't really know what was going on. And so Team Snapchat, so I thought, texted me and, you know, said this person with this IP address. And I will actually put a screenshot of that up in this video. But um, they're basically just saying, you know, someone with this IP address is trying to log into your account. If this isn't you, say yes, whatever. Say no, whatever. Something like that. And I said, no, this isn't me. And then they said, okay, verify your identity. Verify the verification code we just sent you. And I was stupid and I did. Um, and so... Long story short, this person got into my account. I had no clue that they were even in my account. And then my account was unlocked. I was able to get back in. Everything was like the way I left it. I didn't know I was hacked. And so a day later, you know, I'm sitting in bed, getting ready to go to bed. So I go to school the next morning, whatever. A random account with the name of Luke added me. And I had it set to where anybody on Snapchat could contact me. Um, nobody had to add, like, I didn't have to have anybody added back. Um, and so this guy named Luke. And, like, I knew, like, 20 Lukes. And this guy was like, oh, do you remember who I am? No. I had no clue who he was. He had a snap code of, like, maybe 200. And so for anybody that doesn't understand, because I know I have grandparents that listen to this, um, a snap code is basically, so you get a point for every snap you send or receive every time you post on your story. So like I have a snap code of like 800,000. Okay. And it kind of shows how long you've been on the app. So you can really, you can distinguish if a spam account very easily. If they have like a really low snap score, you can kind of like gauge the fact if they're like fake or not. So this guy had a really low snap score and I was like, I don't remember you at all. He proceeded to send a screenshot of some photos that were in my Snapchat, in my eyes only, in my memories. Um, and some of them were private photos, photos that I had sent my boyfriend at the time that I thought was just for us, just for him. Um, and that that is a whole nother story going into talking about, you know, sending pictures and just how much of a social norm it is nowadays, which is so sad. But that's another story for another time. Sends me these screenshots as well as a screenshot of a document, okay? This document has my name, my address, my social medias, who my parents are, where I go to school, um, a list of my friends, because this person got into my Snapchat, he knows my best friends list, he knows who I Snapchat the most, um, so he very easily was able to figure out who I was closest to, who I knew best, who my boyfriend was, who my best friends were, all of that, and with being in my with my in my snapchat he was able to see all my contact information which was also on this document so you know my snapchat my instagram my twitter my phone number my email all that good stuff was all on this document and basically he said he was like do what i want for seven days or else i'm going to post this online and ruin your life and basically continue to reiterate the fact of how incredibly this could destroy my life nobody wouldn't be bound to be friends with me anymore everyone would see the real me how we put it and i i said no f you i blocked him 
that pissed him off. And he added me again on another account. And this you'll see a pattern here. He continued to create new accounts, new phone numbers, new emails, new Instagrams, new Twitters, whatever. He did whatever he possibly could to contact me. Now, in hindsight, I know that it wasn't only him. Well, that's not confirmed. I mean, innocent until proven guilty, right? But under my impression, I believe that there was at least more than one person involved, possibly all eight people that are on trial, which is disgusting. But he added me on another account and really was just like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to piss me off. You probably want to do what I say and follow what I'm telling you to do. And so <laughs> I, I told him, I was like, what if I call the cops? And he said, they're not going to find me. You're stupid. They would never find me. I believe them. I really thought that, okay, maybe they can't. Okay. This guy's a hacker. He probably knows what he's doing. And then I said, you know, what if, what if I was suicidal? What if this made me kill myself? Because you tell me how much you're going to ruin my life by this. What if that's what happens? And at this point, this is where I knew how serious he was. Because his response to that was, there are some really disgusting men online that would love to see pictures of a dead girl. And at that point, I my heart dropped. I did not know what to do. I felt so alone. I didn't know who to talk to. Um, this was like one o'clock in the morning. I was sitting up in bed by myself. What was I going to do? Walk down the hallway to my parents' room and say, Mom, this guy's trying to hack me and he has pictures that I sent my boyfriend. No, she's probably going to be mad at me. I had no clue what to do. So... I I was just like what what do you want me to do? I I didn't I didn't know. And so I blocked him. I blocked him cuz I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to contact him. I didn't want to communicate with him, but I didn't want to tell anyone that this was happening. The next morning I wake up and at this time I was like going to the gym really early, working out and then going to school. So it was pretty early in the morning. I had just gotten Chick-fil-A, some good breakfast, grubbing in my car, whatever. And I get a text message. And again, another recurring pattern is he would pose as other people. So this was a text message from what I thought was, well, not what I thought. I knew it was him, but he made himself look like a girl. Okay. So he posed as a girl and added me on snapchat with this girl bitmoji and again for anybody listening or watching that doesn't know what a bitmoji is it's like an avatar that's connected to your account so like a profile picture almost a cartoon avatar that you make and so this one looked like a girl it was a girl's name and basically they added me and said hey girl you know i'm just looking out for you i found you on this website okay again i have another account that adds me it's a guy hey i'm just trying to look out for you i accidentally scrolled past you on this website they both sent me the link i open this link and the site is now taken down but it was like anon.ib something like that it was an anonymous platform used for mainly child pornography so there are a bunch of different tabs on this organized by state organized by age um blonde brunette whatever and a big tab was teen that's where i was on and he posted pictures of me private photos along with that document all of my personal information and I 
felt completely helpless at this point i actually felt like this man had a hold on my life and was in control of me he held the key he told me he said i have the password to take this down because there was a section where you can enter a password and it takes it down off the website that's the only way to get it taken down unless you contact the website i didn't know at the time that you could even contact the website though and so i say okay what do you want me to do because at this point i was like what's the worst there's already photos of me up there what's gonna happen um and he said well just because you're pretty i'll take it down from seven days to three days and it was almost like a game for him and i just want to say this is such a unspoken subject and it's very uncomfortable to talk about it's very taboo but at the same time i am doing this for a reason i am sharing these extremely difficult subjects um because there are sadly young girls women um even boys actually it is more common for this to happen to boys than girls just so you know and so if you are not comfortable listening to this i do want to say like i do talk about some graphic things here um and so if you cannot listen to this i suggest you turning this off um maybe fast forwarding to the like middle section of the episode probably in about i'd say five minutes so fast forward five minutes and you'll get past this part but i was just kind of like he told me that in like he he told me that if i did what he wanted for three days he would take these down okay so i drove home and at this point we were still in the midst of covid i was virtual online none of my parents were home my brother wasn't home so nobody knew what was going on and it began with take a selfie okay take a picture of yourself in the mirror take your shirt off take your shorts off take your bra off take your underwear off and it was a series of photos and then it progressed into videos and just things that were more and more graphic um there was a few times where he made me say my name everything my face had to be in it he made me make trendy tiktoks um but with minimal clothes on and in my opinion the worst thing that he made me do was what he called a catfish set and he it was basically a series of like five to ten photos just regular stuff i would send my friends right but he then later would use these on other girls like he did with me so he throughout these three days he would post he would pose as a girl or a guy adding me on snapchat trying to become friends with me because there was a certain time where i began to ignore him this girl adds me on snapchat acts like she goes to my school okay she's snapchatting me and i had told him that i was in school in person in school so i couldn't do stuff i was virtual online but I didn't want to talk to him all the time. He was completely taking over my life, wanted to know everything about me. And so I told him I was in person. Sorry, I can't talk to you. I'm in class. She, this girl, added me on Snapchat, was acting all friendly. Oh, I go to insert school name here, blah, blah, blah. And basically, she was like oh are you in person or online i said oh i'm online and then he 
contacts me through his account and says, or his main account and says, don't lie to me. I will make your life worse. And at that point, he proceeded to post a couple of photos on me again online. So because of that, because I went against him, he chose to punish me for going against him and for lying to him. And I just realized at that point, I was digging myself into a deeper and deeper hole and I had no way out. I did not know what to do. I was manic, freaking out. I had a pit in my stomach. I didn't eat for days. Um, And I was just in this hole that I didn't know how to get out of. So the one solution I came up with was to block him on everything, completely ignore him, and just stop responding. I remember there was a point I was at work for two hours. I got over 400 text messages from him he would blow up my phone i would ignore him and there was this one time i was ignoring him and he said i know you're ignoring me you just made your twitter account private he had tabs on me at all times he would message me from one number and i would block him and then he'd message me from another number and another one and instagram accounts and during this time he wasn't the only one trying to contact me it was every other man online that had discovered me and seen pictures of me and now had my personal contact info. And so I, my phone was blowing up all the time. Now I was being solicited for nudes, for private photos, for 40-year-old men, probably. My pictures were being traded online. Um, I had an OnlyFans made under my name. And so at this point, nobody nobody in my life knew. This was April. And I just, there was a firestorm that started online. I was being stalked. I was being harassed. You know, thank the Lord that nobody actually tried to come find me and take me. Because that is just it's incredible that that didn't happen that somebody online didn't try to show up and find where i was because it probably would have been very easy um so this firestorm starts online and a cycle of people of these men just start trying to blackmail me and do this exact same thing to me some people are offering me money some people are threatening to send these photos to my parents to my friends all of these things. I just remember this one time freaking out because this guy was, luckily he was bluffing, but said, you know, do what I want or else I'm going to send this to your mom. Oh, this is her Facebook page. Look, I'm going to send it to her. Oh, this is your dad's Facebook page. Oh, look, I know who all works for your dad. I'm going to send these photos to them. What are they going to think of you then? And I, at this time, began to contact sites on my own, websites that I found photos of myself on, and really trying to get these photos taken down. And so, yeah, I I would message these sites, add a picture of my ID saying, these photos are me, these need to be taken down, I will contact law enforcement. I never did at that point. But that was a, that's what I was doing, and I was trying to keep up with it. Literally, every free chance I got, every time I got into my car, every time I went into the bathroom at school, I was constantly checking, Googling my name online. And I it was constantly on my mind, creating a complete just like document on my notes app on my phone. I, if I pulled it up right now, you would be in shock on how many links are on that. And luckily, I documented everything. I stayed on top of things. I knew what was going on. I knew what people were saying about me. I knew what sites these were going on. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't think this was ever going to end. But I thought that if I took care of it and I never told anyone, it would go away. So... Fast forward six months later, we're in September and I am competing at the Teen Texas pageant. 
I was never a pageant girl, but I made the decision to compete in this pageant. And so I put my profile public again because I'd made my Instagram profile private. So I'm like, I'm going to make it public. All these girls have their profile public. They're all tagging Team Texas, blah, blah, blah. It's this whole thing, okay? And while I'm there, the last day, somebody threatens to blackmail me. So as I am training, going on stage, hanging out with all these girls, trying to just immerse myself in the whole experience, now in the back of my head, I have this going on. I have a pit in my stomach once again, and I'm just trying to be a regular girl, and I can't. So on the drive home um, to Dallas, this person gets serious and they say, if you do not do what I want, I'm going to send these photos to your little brother and his friends. Because at the time, I'm a senior in high school and my little brother is a freshman. We go to the same high school and his friends know who I am. And so I, that night, we got home I pulled my brother to to the side and I said, hey, you know, I think somebody is trying to threaten me. Somebody's trying to do something. Don't worry too much about it, but they might try to contact you. The next day, this person sent photos to one of my brother's friends who luckily reported it to the school. Now the school called me in. The law enforcement were there and... I kind of briefed them on this situation that had started when I was on my way home from Teen Texas, but I lied and I never told them about this previous situation, the bigger situation, how this even happened. And, you know, this person that had contacted me, I thought it was just someone from my school because they said they were from my school. They said that they had watched me in the hallways and they had always wanted to quote-unquote know what I looked like under my clothes and so I I just told the school that I said I think it's some kid in my classes I don't know he appears to know me really well maybe he actually just did a lot of stalking online that I never figured out but then at this time over this next week, someone begins to contact some friends of mine, um, DMing them on Instagram saying, hey, do you have Alex's phone number? Can you get Alex to call me? Can you get Alex to text me? I'm really trying to get a hold of her. I can help her. No, this person wasn't trying to help me, but I never contacted them. I told my friends, just ignore it. Don't worry about it. (sighs) September 23rd, 2021. In the morning, this guy contacts me and the original person that did this to me. And it's, again, another early morning. I'm getting back from a workout, sitting in my driveway. I pull up my texts and it's a random phone number that says, I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to teach you a lesson for not doing what I wanted. And proceeded to <laughs> proceeded to send me a screenshot of my friends that I had posted photos with on Instagram. So I had a picture posted with my best friend on Instagram. And you know how you like tap the photo and you could see the tagged person in the post? Well, he had screenshotted that part. So a picture with me and my best friend. And then a picture with me and my boyfriend at the time. And he said, now your friends are going to really know who you are. And I mean, no one's going to want to be friends with you anymore. I'm going to ruin your life. So that day, sent it to my best friend. I told her, said, hey, here's what's going on. Like, please just delete the message and block them. She said, okay, I got you. Like, I promise I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell anyone, whatever. Then they sent it to my boyfriend's older sister. I had no clue about this. She was in college at the time. Um, She didn't tell me that this had happened, but she told her mom. She didn't even tell her little brother. And then they sent it to my boyfriend. And he texted me and he said, hey, like we really, we really need to talk. 
and I knew exactly what it was about and we met up in a parking lot we talked and I I really tried to explain it to him and he didn't believe me it had looked like I was contacting somebody and just sharing these photos with someone um I think that he was really taken aback um with these photos with these malicious messages that were sent to him about me um just kind of saying like oh now you see what kind of person she really she really is now you see who she really is what do you think about her now and basically he said hey like my mom knows and you're gonna have to tell your mom so the next morning I told my mom again she didn't understand she didn't get it it didn't make sense to her um she didn't know what to do she was very angry and I love my mother but she had no clue how to react and my dad didn't know how to react either he I think both of my parents were very distraught and just did not know what to do I mean how do you protect your child from the internet when they're almost 18 years old I was still a child but like how do you protect how do you protect your child from the internet you can't in today's society you can't when there's this had been going on for six months without anybody knowing so my mom went to the police department with me and we made a report and we wrote everything down and then I started therapy which was the best thing that I could have ever done is start therapy I don't know what would have happened but I was in a very 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 bad mental spot at this point I'm really good at sweeping things under the rug sweeping my problems under the rug and acting like nothing had happened but I couldn't do that anymore that now that everybody in my life knew that this was going on well everybody close to me this it hadn't really gotten out to school at this point but after you know reporting this to the police they spent weeks and weeks trying to find this person they had downloaded my phone information tried to go through that tried to figure out who this person was they couldn't track the ip address now this was my county police department calling county police department because i'm from dallas and they they couldn't figure it out they didn't know what to do they couldn't track it the ip address was going to california it's going to africa it was going to europe it was going to australia they could not figure out who it was it was kind of like hands up we can't help you i'm sorry and on christmas eve was when it got bad so christmas eve of 2021 i am sitting on the couch watching christmas movies with my family as one does on christmas eve and there was a kid from a school about 30 minutes south of me and contacted me and sent me photos of myself and kind of said hey is this you and it was something they had gotten online i told them that's child pornography that's illegal and they immediately deleted the message and blocked me that same night it had gotten to the bordering high school to me which is a ginormous high school uh with a graduating class of 1800 kids you can imagine how bad that was by the next day it had gotten to my high school and everybody knew so getting back to school the second semester of my senior year was really hard um I was getting harassed at school. Kids were yelling at me in the hallways, um, laughing at me, pointing at me, making jokes, and nobody cared to do it in front of me. They did not care how it affected me. I would go to class, and kids would make fun of me in class. Um, Kids would follow me out to my car at school. Uh, Kids would throw things at my car. And one of the other things kids started eardropping photos of me around school i became the running joke no again nobody cared nobody cared what this was doing to me kids would follow me home kids would prank call me obviously harass me on social media 
along with everybody on the internet harassing me as well. So you can imagine how bad of an effect that had on me. I lost 90% of my friends. People did not want to be seen with me. People did not want to be associated with me. Girls that I had been friends with forever did not want to be seen with me anymore. I was more of a liability to them. And so I, I luckily I had my parents stuck by me. My, some of my best friends stuck by me. I mean, Paris, my cousin Hannah, um, Piper, those girls were Jenna, Jasmine, like those girls were not scared to be seen with me. They weren't scared to be friends of mine. And if anybody judged them, it was kind of screw you. And I think having those people saved my life. I Having those small group of people that I could lean on, having the gym, I started working out. That became my safe space. I was able to leave everything at the door or process through my day and my emotions. I could either do that or I could forget about anything. Everything that had happened that day, just drop it all. And I was able to control what happened to me when I worked out. Whereas I felt like when I went to school, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, so I, the problem was, is going through my senior year with all this, I was never, I didn't want to apply to colleges. I didn't want to talk about colleges with my parents. Because the reality was, is I couldn't even see myself walking across the stage at graduation. I didn't know if I was going to make it through high school or not. I genuinely did not. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I felt like I was drowning and that everyone around me was pushing me under. And so I finally made a decision to start touring schools. So I set a date on January 21st to go tour Oklahoma State University up in Stillwater. Go Pokes. And on January 20th, the day before, the day we were going to leave, um, I'm backing out of the driveway. I was going to go pick up my little brother from school so then we could get ready and drive up to Stillwater that night. As I'm backing out, there is a man standing in my driveway. He's dressed up like maybe someone that's going to come work on the house he's in boots and jeans and like a carhartt jacket he's got a hat on looks like your average joe right signals me to get out of the car so i step out of the car and i'm like hey and he's like hi you must be alexandria is your mom broke home um yeah let me go get her so i go inside hey mom some guy's here i don't know i think he's like gonna work on the house i don't know he's asking to talk to you she did not ask for anybody to come over what do you mean who who did he say he was who is he with what do you mean so we go outside and he introduces himself and he's hi i'm agent so and so and i am with the fbi i need to talk to you guys Oh my god. This was a turning point. We go inside and he verifies my information, verifies my ID, um, asks me, have you, do these usernames sound familiar to you? Did this happen to you? And it was almost like a weight was lifted off of my chest because somebody finally understood somebody finally knew what had been going on to me what had been happening for almost the past year and he said hey you know we have this many victims which i don't know if i'm allowed to say the number because it is an ongoing investigation right now but it was mind-boggling the amount of girls that were involved in this and he said I, you know, we need to bring you in for questioning. Can you come in for an interview? A thousand percent. I, my mom and I, like, were able to breathe a breath of relief. I, 
I think we were both crying at that point and it was like my guardian angel had finally come they finally understood and things were finally moving and so I you know he told me that this man that did this to you has been arrested he is in custody with the FBI and there are co-conspirators possibly that we're looking into he's from Pittsburgh Pennsylvania he's a 22 year old male and a completely random man I had no clue who this man was I didn't even recognize his name And that night, we drove up to Stillwater. The next day, I toured the school, and my vice principal called me. She said, hey, Alex, I know what you've been going through, um, because, you know, administration had been pretty helpful to me, and said, hey, I know what you're going through. Are you open to doing this fast track so you can graduate? And so, basically, because I only needed half of a credit to graduate and so I had to go to school for all eight hours of the day and it was it was like hell and so I had an option to finish this English course online so I would show up go to the same classroom every single day sit in there all day until I finished my work and go home and it was almost like everything worked out and it was kind of a sign that when I went to OSU the fact that this had all happened I, that's when I knew that this is where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to go to Oklahoma State University and it felt like home to me. And so I said, yes, I would love to do this. And I actually ended up graduating in March of 2022. So literally right before spring break, I was done, which was a blessing. It was a blessing and saved my mental health. So... February 7th, after I got back from this interview, I, so February 7th, after I had gotten back from my tour from OSU, I had my FBI interview. So I had gone to the Child Advocacy Center in Dallas and I did my interview. They put you in a tiny little room with a very nice lady and a security camera and that's where your two FBI agents are behind the wall, monitoring the whole conversation, taking notes, whatever. Before this, I had gone to therapy just to mentally prepare for this. Literally, I went straight from therapy to my interview because this was the first time I was ever going to share my story front to finish. I remember when she had asked me what I had to do, I could not even speak the things that this man made me do and yes I said the things he made me do there are people that sit here and say oh my god I could have never I would have never done that I would have just blocked him when somebody has that much control of your life what would you do when you are staring fear at its face what would you do I could not even tell her the things I did I couldn't say it out loud. I literally had to write it on a piece of paper. It was it was very difficult for me, but what kept me going was the fact that I I had the motivation to be able to do this. I had the strength, I had the voice, and there were a lot of girls that didn't, and that is who I was doing it for. I was doing it for the girls that couldn't as well as the girls that didn't make it because there are girls in my case that have committed suicide and did not make it through and that is who I continue to do things for it's the girls that did not did not make it through this awful awful thing so I go into my interview I graduate high school a month later and then in July I or in May I and then in May I walk across the stage in July of 2022 so just two months later I'm getting ready for college there's a guy in a fraternity at Oklahoma State that DMs me on Instagram he's going into his sophomore year and his name is Max and he deems me a 
photo of me from online a child pornography basically he dms me child pornography straight up and says oh is this you i deny it i said oh no that's not me so i know it's you i know it's you continues to harass me and i say that's child pornography that's against the law continues to harass me does not care that he's breaking the law it's disgusting and i this is this is where i was about to go to college at wow okay really just set the stage so a month later i rush kappa delta a sorority at my university and at that point i was forced to stand up in front of 200 other girls and share my story and then i was turned against and kicked out of my sorority because they were girls that were embarrassed of me nationals turned a blind eye the university turned a blind eye and this is nothing against kappa delta as a whole but how nationals handle it how the exec team handled it was disgusting and there are a lot of amazing girls that i met and i'm still friends with in that chapter but there are also a lot of bad apples and not only in kappa delta in every greek life sorority and so the biggest issue through all of this the trauma most of the trauma did not come from that original first three days not at all that trauma came from the re-victimization from my peers that happened on almost a daily basis the fear that anytime I went to class that anyone who looked at me anyone who spoke around me was talking about me they knew everything about me everyone knows who I am everyone knows everything about me I felt like completely exposed to everyone because all it took was a simple google search to know my deepest darkest secrets luckily now i have been in contact with some amazing organizations the fbi has been a great help to me the department of justice has been an amazing help to me the national missing exploited children have been such a big help NECMEC take it down is one of their programs they have which they i have people working for me now to get my stuff taken down i can't tell you the last time i googled myself which is such a sigh of relief the fact that i don't have that weight on my chest anymore and i can be one step closer to a normal college student is such a big deal it is such a big deal um you know in March I started my podcast and we're still here yeah it's been a really rocky road but I've I've talked about this before but I I share my story not for myself I don't care how many people listen to this I don't care how many likes or follows I get on social media I want to share my story to the masses and I want to help people because sadly this is such a big issue that is plaguing society plaguing society and it's happening right under our noses and the biggest issue is how we treat victims victim advocacy is one of my biggest platforms that i want everyone to open their eyes to and you know i shared my story i came out with my story in july which was just it was amazing it was another huge step in this whole thing because i really am almost a pioneer to this there are a very select few group of women that have actually come out and shared their story and shared their whole story and at this point i have nothing left to lose so if you want to harass me go ahead if you want to say shitty things to me go ahead because it doesn't phase me i have been through so much already i i know how to deal with it and i know how to handle it but 
I was robbed of so so many basic experiences I tried to rerush I didn't make a sorority you can guess why because I'm looked at as a porn star somebody who has an OnlyFans somebody who sells their body which is the last the last thing that I would do I think if anything this has taught me the amount of self-respect I should have for myself I have learned so much more about myself and since this has happened to me I love myself so much more I've been forced to love myself because I've been by myself and forced to learn how to be alone and be okay with it but we need to realize like mental health is real as cliche as cringy as that sounds mental health is a real deal and we need to start believing victims because it is disgusting how victims are treated of child exploitation of sextortion in general it's disgusting and the re-victimizing that continues to happen that is what is causing victims to commit suicide and take their own lives It is sickening. It is sickening. And I sit here every day and I ask myself what would have happened if I wasn't strong enough. Because there are so many times that I could have been so close. Because I was drowning for so long and nobody, like, nobody, none of my peers wanted to reach out. My parents were doing the most that they possibly could and all they knew that they could do. But everybody else around me continued to push me down. And it continues to happen. But I know how to deal with it now. I know how to be okay. And at the end of the day, you're not going to have to answer to me. How you treat me, you're not going to have to answer to me. That's your problem one day, not mine. But just going forward, I we need to open our eyes to this. Child exploitation, one in four victims of child exploitation are under the age of 13. It leads to anxiety, depression. The trauma leads to memory loss, isolation. It robs victims of their childhood. I was robbed of my childhood and forced to grow up because I was sexualized so heavily online and by my peers. We... Just the things that we hear, like, as victims, how this person, like, I'm going to destroy your life. Everybody's going to disown you. Your life is over. It is... It is so dehumanizing and it makes you feel like an object. It makes you feel so much less than and that shouldn't be the case. There needs to be more resources for victims. There needs to be more people willing to extend a hand because these organizations cannot do it by themselves. NECMEC cannot do it by themselves. The FBI cannot do it by themselves. This is why victims are scared to come forward and speak up about their experiences and talk about what has happened to them. I mean, we can talk about just the thousands of victims that have committed suicide because of this. I know some of the most recent ones. We have Ryan Last, who is 17, a high school senior. He was a Boy Scout and sexually exploited online at the age of 17 and committed suicide. Waylon Sheffer, the age of 16, committed suicide. Riley Basford, he was 15. The standout football and lacrosse player committed suicide because he was a child he was a victim of child exploitation. Walker Montgomery, a 16-year-old, committed suicide at the age of 16. Amanda Todd, a Canadian teen, she committed suicide at the age of 15. If we look at some of these cases, 
the case of Ashley Reynolds. She was 14. The man who did that to her, there were over 350 victims. And he got over 105 years in prison in Phoenix, Arizona. The most recent case, Jordan DeMay, was 17 years old. The Marquette High School senior committed suicide literally six hours after he was approached for money. This is traditional financial extortion where the perpetrator has a personal photo of them and forces them to send them money or else they will post this online. Last year in 2022, this happened to 40,000 victims. Traditional financial extortion. 7,000 of which were minors. And 5% of students are victims. 5% of students are victims of child or of sextortion. 5% of students are victims of sextortion. That is disgusting. And there are things that need to change. There are things that need to change. Parents, we need to actually educate our children about this, not just threatening that this is what's going to happen if you send photos, but if this happens to you, this is what can happen and this is what we can do to fix it. We need to educate our teens that you will not get in trouble if you come forward to the police about this. You will not get in trouble. If you're a victim of child exploitation, if this is happening to you, if you have not said anything, if this has happened to a friend, go to the police. That is the one solution, is go to the police. Go to NECMEC, National Missing Exploited Children. It is linked on my Instagram, on inon.pod, and they have all of the resources for you. The FBI and National Missing Exploited Children are the two most valuable platforms to go to, the most helpful organizations. If you DM me, I can give you their information. I can give you all the proper resources. I would love to help you. I would love to stand by you and hold your hand through this process because I know how hard it was going through something and not having somebody to look at as an example. That was the hardest part was being alone and the fact that I never knew anybody that this had happened to. Nobody that had made it through this at least. And we need more people to speak up. So I think that is, that's really going to be the end of this episode today. I wanted to finish off and just sit down and share the whole complete story with you guys. Um, it's also really hard to cover things that have happened over the course of almost, well, it's two and a half years now, which is a really long time. Um, but it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to understand and it's a lot for me to talk about. And I want you guys to recognize the emotional energy that this takes me. Um, but I do it for you guys because I love you guys because I want to help somebody out there. If there is one person's life that I save, this will have been a success. All of this is for success. So I love you guys so much. Please stay tuned for the next episode. And follow me on Instagram, inon.pod, I-N-O-N.pod on Instagram. Um, Feel free to leave me a review. And also, I have a poll in the description of this episode on Spotify. So if you go um, engage with that poll, that would be awesome. I would love to hear whatever you guys have to say. If you have any questions, shoot those to me as well. And also, this is now up on YouTube. So you can watch the video on there, watch video on Spotify, whatever you want. Um, But yeah. Thank you guys for listening who stuck around this long. I know two months of silence is a lot and I'm so sorry. I'm a human too, but I love you guys so much and have a great month of October and yeah, I love you guys. Bye.
I love you guys. Bye.